Good evening and welcome to the Marriage Reform Prayer Call. My name is Kim Moore and thank you so much, Amy, for for just uh, starting us off and greeting everybody and praying with the, the team before the call. Really appreciate you for doing that and um, really just helping to make ministry easy. And thank you all who are joining uh, and who are consistently joining this call. I appreciate you. I know that God is blessing you because I hear it in the text and the, the emails that I receive from you. And so I thank God for delivering on his word even as we continue to declare it and pray, pray it through. And then I especially want to thank those that are on the call for the first time. We appreciate you. I appreciate you spending your time with us here tonight for the next uh, few minutes. You know, when we spend time, it's one of the few things that we don't get back necessarily on this side of heaven. And so that you're spending something here that you may not get back in actual time, my prayer is that you get it back in Revelation and that the quality of what you get back for your time uh, makes it oh so worth it for you. And so we thank you for taking your time to be with us tonight. We've been praying the past and teaching the past almost two years now, I think, Amy, um, praying for kingdom marriages, that God would conduct a divine makeover. And we have just been trumpeting that and praying and teaching about that for the almost two years on this call every single week. And um, we've got a lot of things going on, lots of new things happening. Uh, to get more information about that, just visit our website at more, M-O-O-R-E, onrelationships.com. And you can see some of the things we're doing and we're going to be, uh, be rolling out and uh, just have made adjustments like everyone else with regard to uh, adapting to what's happening with corona and all of those kinds of things. But you can find out what's going on there. Uh, always welcome your emails at Kim at moreonrelationships.com. Well, tonight I want to talk about something very important. Uh, and it's important because it has affected so many couples for so long. And despite all of the resources available, it still is perhaps the number one cited problem among therapists and husbands and wives alike. And so let's just begin with and just open with a short prayer. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you for being God and our Father. I thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us. I thank you, Father God, that that when we call on you, you don't find fault with us. You don't find reproach, Lord. We just, you just receive us, God. You receive us. And I just thank you that your arms are open wide to us and that we can come and reason with you and that we might even be acquitted of our sins. And so we thank you for your unconditional, undying, your relentless love for us. And we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to take part in your love tonight. And we give you the praise for it. We thank you, Jesus for not only dying for our sin, but becoming sin for us, that we might become your righteousness. And Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for executing the transaction on the cross, even through Jesus Christ and the Father. We thank you for the cross. We thank you that the cross, we can exchange bondage for freedom, 
And so we bless you tonight, and we thank you, and we honor you, Father. We honor you, Jesus, and we honor you, the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Now, Father God, we ask you who give seeing eyes and hearing ears to open the eyes and open the ears and give a heart of understanding to those that are listening tonight or who will listen by replay. We thank you, that Lord, that your word is life. And, Lord, we expect it to produce life where you send it tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm excited about tonight's call. And I, as I was getting ready to do this call, I, I just got more and more excited. I got so excited that I had to do a Facebook Live with no jewelry, no makeup, because I didn't want to invite everybody. You know, when, when God downloads something to you and it, it, is, it represents a breakthrough, you just want to tell everybody about it. And so I want every husband and wife to, to hear what the Lord is saying with regard to this. And um, I believe that if I ask you on the phone here tonight uh, what you thought the number one problem or need, because a problem is, is really a need, what the number one problem or need husbands and wives have, the majority of you would say communication. I'm not just saying that here. I've done seminars, workshops, spoken in different places, and uh, when I ask this question or when I ask people to write down what they believe the number one challenge they face, there are three that rise to the surface. And generally, if we talk a little bit, communication rises above the two. And the other two are money and sex. But communication always tends to edge out the others in the minds of husbands and wives. And I think most husbands and wives really sincerely believe this. That's why they say it. Um, and so it got me to thinking and asking God about, you know, uh, just about why or, and just about this whole idea that husbands and wives have communication problems. And it got me to, to wondering who profits by husbands and wives having communication problems. And I'm going to answer that question later on. But first I want to evaluate this idea that couples and wives' biggest problem or their biggest need is communication. And so in order to evaluate it, you know, on this call, we speak kingdom. And what that simply means for you that are on the call for the first time, it simply means that we address principles on this call. The kingdom are a set of principles and concepts that transcend time. It transcends relationships. It transcends gender. It transcends roles. Uh, it, it, it applies to all of those things equally. So these concepts, they're eternal. They don't change. And they apply to all uh, on an individual level, a marital level, a family level, a community, a church, a nation. The way it applies equally everywhere. And so when we want to evaluate whether something is true or not, we need to use something that is eternal and unchanging to bounce this thing off of. And so that's what, that's what we want to do, you know, uh, here tonight. And so here's an example of something that's true. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks, so is he. And here's the thing. The longer you hold on to a thought, the more true and the more real it becomes and the more you begin to observe it in your own life. And that principle is true because it works in the, in the positive and it also will work in the negative. 
We hear it all the time. We sing this is the year of the mouth and that we ought to be sensitive to what we're saying because whatever we're saying, eventually we will see it. The world was framed by the word of God. And God spoke the world, and he spoke the world into being, and he began to see what he spoke. And the same is true for us. And so that is a kingdom truth that applies everywhere all the time. It applies on the individual level. It applies in marriage. It applies to uh, groups of people. It applies to nations. And so that is an eternal truth. And so that's just an example um, of a true statement that we can go to take it to the bank on, go to the bank on. And so when we think about culture, culture is a set of statements that a group of people believe from which they derive a particular culture. Businesses and organizations write mission statements. Why do they write mission statements? So we can have group think. So we're all thinking the same thing. So hopefully we are all being governed and behaving according to the same thing. And then we have emblems and symbols that reinforce what we believe. So all these things are working together to agree to support and perpetuate what we think and what we say we believe. And so what we think determines who we are and how we behave. And, again, that's true on every level. So it's true that all, or in the case of the majority, husbands and wives, so is it true? That's the question. Is it true? that all, or let's just say the majority of husbands and wives, number one problem or need is communicate, communication. So let me ask you a few questions because it's real important that we, we, we get this piece of it. So here's some questions for you. Do you as an individual communicate well with God? You read his word, you hear him, and you obey him. You ask him things and he answers you. So do you communicate well with God? If you answer yes, then you don't have a communication problem with God. And then number two, do you communicate well with your kids? You listen to them, they listen to you. You ask them things, you receive things from them, they ask you for things, you, receive, you give things to them. And if generally speaking you have good communication with your kids, then you really don't have a communication problem with your kids. And then do you communicate effectively with your boss, your coworkers, your subordinates? I know that some of you must, you, you have to, because some of you are in very high positions, you're responsible for a lot of people, and you handle and manage a lot of resources. You would not be able to do that unless you had some uh, effective uh, skills at communicating with people at different levels in different places in the organization. Um, and how about at church? Do you have communication problems at church? Well, we might have some at church. But, I mean, you know, really. But seriously, do you, do you have ongoing communication problems at church? Here's the point that I'm trying to make it. Make that unless you have communication problems across the board at every level, all the time, it's unlikely that you're having communication problems or you have a communication need in your marriage. Remember, the kingdom, in order for something to be true, it has to be true across the board. It has to, has to show up in these different places equally over time. 
So if it's only in your marriage that you're having communication problems, then is it really a communication problem? Let me say it another way. Let me say it more frankly. I don't believe it's true that your number one problem or your number one need with your spouse is communication. Now, it could be a fact for some of you. Let's just say you speak French and your spouse speaks German. You might have some real communication problems trying to understand each other and work with each other because you're working with different, really different languages. So here's the thing. Facts are temporary because each one, this German husband or this German wife or vice versa, they can go and learn each other's language or learn a common language and so that their communication problems can be resolved with education. So facts are temporary, but truth is eternal. When we try to address eternal problems by temporary humanistic means, it's called religion. The kingdom is about setting people free, and this includes husbands and wives. Tell me, why is it that marriage is supposed to be the most freeing, the most liberating, the most affirming relationship on earth, and many husbands and wives, if they're honest with themselves, feel trapped. Just think about that for a moment. How can that be? Religion is about controlling people and keeping people in bondage. Then, then, then you're probably asking, them, why do so many couples believe they have communication problems? Well, I'm glad you asked me because I really want to tell you. <laughs> but your first response to what I'm about to tell you might be disbelief. And that's because most of us have been so indoctrinated to believe that as husbands and wives, our biggest problem and biggest need is communication. That's why it consistently hits the top of the list because you believe it and you have ample example or proof in your marriage. Say, yep, that's got to be it. It's just a communication problem. And so because we've been so indoctrinated in that belief, it is so fiercely defended that anything else that is suggested is, at first blush, it has to be wrong. It can't be right. It can't be that simple. It can't be that. But I'm telling you, if we don't change our mind about some things in marriage, we are doomed to repeat the same unhappy, disappointing, trying to find a way out experience while still being married. And some of you have a lot of help staying in what you find uncomfortable, um, difficult, and, and just just untenable at times. Some of you use work to stay in. It's a great distraction. Others of you use friends, and, and some of those needs that you have are met in those different areas. So it enables you to endure being in this relationship that you feel trapped in for a long, long, long time. You know, corona has all this negative stuff with it, but one of the things that I'm excited about, it is this sequestering and this quarantine has forced husbands and wives to have to be in the same place at the same time for a long period of time. And I would tell you that the things that were challenging to husbands and wives before and the things that husbands and wives that may be challenged with now, living in a more confined space and not having all of these distractions to divert attention, the same things are showing up. The difference is now you kind of got to face it because there's really nowhere to go. And so it's different. And so we've been praying here that that time would not be to your destruction, but 
and God will glorify himself and open your eyes and couples. I got a, a testimony from a lady, a, a, a wife and a husband that I had coached last year and just checking on them, seeing how they were doing. And she said, you know, Kim, we're actually getting closer by having to be together. And I was like, yes, that's answered prayer. Let me give you a quick story. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, um, I'm going to tell you why husbands and wives believe that communication is their biggest need and biggest problem. And I'm also going to give you three tools before I end how to immediately change the situation or begin to change the situation. Let me give you this quick story about the power of truth because what I'm going to share with you tonight is truth. And, and I wanted to share with you the power of truth. So up until about six years ago, when I would get depressed, I would go into this deep, dark place and sit down. Sometime later, I would emerge. I didn't know how I emerged. I was just back. And when, when in this place, it, it was almost others experienced me as antisocial. I talked a whole lot less, in, even in close relationships, um, cordial, but really didn't have much to say beyond that. Yes, no, no thank you, yes, please. That was it. And, and I, the thing is, I didn't know why. I didn't know why I went to this place. I didn't know what happened in this place. I just knew that I would go to this place, and it was familiar to me. Well, one day, Amy, who greets on the call in, 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 the, in the beginning and had the prayer in the beginning, she noticed this, and she said, or I guess noticed my attitude or whatever, my antisocial behavior, and she said, and I, and she said, but she said it was like you go away. I was like, well, I mean, I do. She said, well, the next time you go, can I go? And I'm like, I remember, I remember me wildly objecting. It's like, I wanted to say, like, heck, no, you can't go to this place. And here, listen to this. When Satan has you bound, the last thing he wants is to be exposed. So, no, she couldn't come to this place. I don't know it was Satan at the time, but she said, okay, if I can't go, then the next time, will you invite Jesus to go with you? And so I remember telling her, I was like, well, I'll invite him if I know when I go or what triggers me to go. And even if I remembered, I would invite him. Well, it happened again, and the Holy Spirit brought the conversation to my mind. So I just said, Jesus, will you go with me? And I just remember that he took my hand like a brother or a father would take a little girl's hand or his little sister's hand. And together we walked down. I knew we walked down into this room. And only this time, as Jesus walked into the room, the whole room lit up. And for the first time, I could see what was in the room, and it was a small room. And there were stadium-like bleachers in a U-shape around this room. So Jesus and I were standing at the doorway. This room was completely lit up. There were bleachers, four or five rows stacked uh, in a U-shape. And in the middle of these bleachers on the floor was a chair. So the, the bleachers were stand, rising up, and I was sitting down. And what I saw on the bleachers were all these black, dark creatures, imps. I saw the devil and I saw these imps. And they were all in black. They were all lined up. They didn't say anything. And Jesus looked at me and I looked at him. And I knew the chair was mine. I knew that's where I sat because it was empty. And Jesus said to me, he says, 
do you want to stay here? Do you want to go sit there? Do you want to come back here? And I'm telling you, it didn't take a rocket scientist. It didn't take me to go pray about it. I didn't have to go fast and do all. Listen, I saw, and when my eyes were open, I said, no way, Jose, Jesus, get me out of here. And we turned, left the room, the door shut, and I never returned to that room again, never experienced depression like that again. Now, I've gotten sad, but not to the point where I have sunk to that place or went in that room, and that was six years ago. That wasn't, that wasn't, I didn't, nobody counseled me out of that. Nobody trained me out of that. Jesus and I walked in that room. This is the power of the truth that I want to share with you tonight. Because when the devil was exposed, I not only saw immediately, but I was immediately given the option of choosing freedom, and I chose freedom. And that's the option you will have tonight to choose freedom when I share with you what I wanted to share with you. And I'm praying that God will cause you to see what he's shown to me in this thing, and in doing so, that you'll recognize the choice, and you'll jump at the choice. Um, Without a choice... We're just doomed to repeat what we've been repeating. But I also want to tell you this, how serious it is, because what I'm about to tell you is like cutting an artery in the vein or in uh, an artery uh, in the religious spirit that's been assigned to marriage. So while the truth will inevitably set some of you free, it will also destroy one of the works of the devil in the area of marriage. It's just that powerful. And please understand, Satan does not give up territory. We take it by declaring the truth and enforcing the will of God. And so tonight we'll be declaring that and enforcing the will of God. Because once you see it, like me, that dark, demonic, foreboding thing in your marriage that has convinced you that you have communication problems, You can shut the door on that thing and get busy about what God wants to do in your marriage through what your real need is and your real problem, and God be in a position to God answering that. And I just believe that as God resets the nation, our economy, the church, he is even resetting marriages and families in this hour. And I believe he wants to do that supernaturally. At the same time, we're dealing with a heavy blow to the adversary. So let me just pause for a moment. Father, I know that what you're about to expose is one one way the religious spirit has operated in marriage. I also know that when your people hear and receive truth like me, uh, that, that they will be set free, but also a fatal blow will be dealt to your adversary in the area of their, in this area of their marriage. So I ask you now, God, for the divine restraining order against any backlash, physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual backlash as a result of this truth being declared. I ask you to release your angels to guard the heart of your people and implement this divine restraining order over all lives that hear this word. I declare that no weapon formed against these shall prosper. 
that no naysayer, no critical spirit, no religious spirit, no plot, plan, or curse of the adversary will be able to refute the wisdom of God that is released from your mouth tonight, God. And I declare, even as I don't speak of myself, but I speak of you as having sent me, God, perform your word in the life of these people in Jesus' name. So here's why. Here's the answer to why so many couples believe their number one problem and need is communication. Are you ready for this? Seatbelts on. Here goes. In a word, religion. Now let me explain. Let me unpack this a little bit. Religion is man's attempt to imitate the kingdom. Religion brings us into bondage and servitude to God, to any other than other than Christ, the king. It's servitude to a God other than Christ, the king of his kingdom. Religion divides and conquers souls. Good, well-intended men and women who otherwise love God are conquered by a religious spirit, many of them in marriage. Religion steals, kills, and destroys our connection with the king and each other and replaces it with a system and rules that keep us from interacting, connecting, and executing the will of the king. Religion divides us by denomination. Religious, religion divides us into clergy and congregants. It divides men and women. It divides husbands and wives, all while leading us to believe that we are serving God. So if the goal is to divide husbands and wives, if the goal of religion is to divide, if the goal of the religion in marriage is to divide, then religion needs a mechanism to accomplish that. So if husbands and wives believe they can't communicate, then they are effectively divided. So if you can't communicate, then you can't. Then you, then the, the the idea is you can't connect. You you can't unite. So if we can't communicate, we can't get on the same page. If we can't get on the same page. We can't work together. And if we can't work together, we can't really do a whole lot for God. So there's a vested interest in you believing that you have a communication problem. But it gets better than that. To perpetuate this lie. Satan needs a few things here on the ground. It's not enough that spiritually he's perpetrating this, but he needs some things on the ground because as with God, the only way a spirit can operate and accomplish its will on the ground is through men and women. So check this out. In order to perpetrate the lie that you have a communication problem, Satan uses experts. The experts, and these aren't bad people. These are people that are studied, they're, you know, they, they are diligent in their craft and all of those kinds of things. I'm just talking about outcomes here. So the, the, the experts, the experts are the scientists, the researchers, all of those in academia. And what these do is establish the basis for the lie that husbands and wives have communication problems, and usually they tie it to the differences between men and women. And once there's a logical and, and once there's a logical basis for the lie that you have communication problems and that's your biggest need, then we need what are called expounders. These rely on the experts. These are the writers. This, the, the, they, they cite research findings. They elaborate on male and female differences. They develop cr 
incredible storylines. They write books with, with case studies in them um, that give you examples of couples, husbands and wives that have communication problems. They actually are what prove the problem to you. So we have the researchers and the scientists, they're establishing the basis, the, the, the data or the, the documentation for the problem or the framework for the problem. Then we have the expounders. And when these are the writers, and what they do is they write the problem, and they add story, they develop the storyline, and, and, and these are the ones that, that put the research information into a format that is easy for the reader to receive. Who likes to, who likes, who on this line just goes and looks up research articles just for fun because you like to look up research? Not many of us. Some of you may, but not many of us. So the researchers needs somebody that can write it in a way that makes sense to you and me. We have great writers, great, great writers, authors. Some of them are very well-known, very well-respected, and very wrong. But then to further perpetuate the lie that you and your spouse have communication problems and this is your biggest need, we need a prophet and we need an evangelist. The prophet he declares and decrees the problem. And the evangelist convinces you you have a problem. And they do it through the spoken words, through rousing sermons, through calls to repentance and, 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 and action. Um, pro- prophets and evangelists help to drive the narrative that husbands and wives have a communication problem. I know it's true because the, because the, the prophets from the prophets, we get teachers. And what the teachers do is take what the prophets are saying and break it down even further to cement the lie in your heart. So a teacher is going to go line by line. They're going, to, they're going to show you all the why, two, wherefores and see this is what it looks like in your marriage and this is how this has to be in your marriage. They break it down into bite-sized pieces so you can further digest the, the belief that you have communication problems. Then the authors, the writers, the authors, the motivational speakers, then they conduct workshops and seminars and conferences and all these things. Why? So husbands and wives can participate with the lie by helping you apply it to your own relationship. So they'll talk about communication. We come up with some real clever words and, you know, trendy words, and we use audio visuals, and we use vignettes and all of those things, and then we put the spin of communication on it, and then we teach you tools of how to have, quote, better communication skills. But we can't just leave it to the, to the scientists and the researchers and we can't just leave it to, to those that are expounding, the writers who are taking what the researchers are saying and writing it in a way that makes sense to you. And we can't just give it to the, to the, um, to the prophets and evangelists to declare it. Yeah, that's what prophecy is. It's declaring to you something, and the evangelists are convincing you of something or persuading you of something. And then we have the pastors and the counselors. Because when none of the stuff works after, after the sermons, after the, after the writers, after you've read the books, after you've heard the sermons, and, and the stuff is still falling apart and you still can't communicate and get on the same page and you're still having problems, then we seek help. And usually it's through a pastor or a counselor. And so what do they focus on? Usually 
improving your communication skills. Wow. And the cycle continues. So my question is, how many more revolutions of this wheel before you choose another option? Well, let me ask you this. I can't see your hands, but I just wonder, I just wonder, how many of you have bought books on communication in marriage or just in communication in relationships? How many of you, how many marriage sermons have you heard on communication and the importance of good communication? And how many of you have taken part in seminars, marriage retreats, seminars, workshops, that at some point the menu included the proverbial section on communication. I had one client tell me, Kim, I am not going to another marriage seminar. I'm like, why? Aren't they great? She said, yep, it's a whole lot of feel-good activities, and every year they talk about communication. And me and my husband, we do well for a few minutes, and then we come home and bam. We hit the, it's like we hit the wall, and we're right back where we started. And then the, the retreat comes up, and we do it again. So I've been doing that for years, and we still have communication problems. And so when you went to your pastor or counselor, did the topic of communication come up? Did the topic of, oh, we'll pray together. You can learn how to communicate better by praying together, and each of you can talk and hear. But some variation of this whole idea of communication, because that's the focus of religion to get you to communicate better. Look, I've been doing this for a long time, and I believe many of you said yes to those questions I asked. I really wish I could see your face right now but I can't. But my question is, for all of the time, all of the money, and all of the effort you've expended on improving your communication skills in marriage with your spouse, it's really still, I mean, we're talking about years, it's still the number one problem in me in your marriage? Are you kidding me? I think it was Einstein said, you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, it's stupidity. Here's the thing I asked in the beginning. Who profits from the belief that you have communication problems and that's your biggest problem or your biggest need? Everyone but you. You still have communication problems. But the research got grants. Researchers got grants to do their research to write the basis and the framework for you having communication problems. The writers get paid when they speak and sell their books to you. Can um, what the researchers have said, citing their research and giving you case studies, they get paid when they when they sell their books and when they speak. Because when they go speak, they have their books with them. And guess what? Most of us we buy all the books right on out. So they're getting paid. The teachers and motivational speakers get paid because they develop curriculum, conduct workshops, and politely pay your money. With a smile on their face, they are getting paid off of your communication problem that you've been convinced that you have, that you're the only one that hasn't profited from it. The pastors get paid a salary and free resources sometimes in hopes that they'll purchase and use the curriculum with their congregations. 
and the counselors get paid when you go to them to get help. So everybody's getting paid but you. And you still keep buying. What's wrong with that picture? It doesn't make sense to me. Think about that for a minute. For years, you have been told you have a communication problem. You've been told it so much. It's been prophesied to you so much that you believe it, and you even offer all of these people examples, proof why you believe you have communication problems. And I'll take you back to the scripture I gave you in the beginning, Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinketh, so is he. You think you've got communication problems? You did. Why? Because that is the truth. So many of us have communication problems in marriage because we believe we do. Not because we do, but because we believe that we do. Listen, nobody's going to tell you this. None of the above that I'm, that I'm talking to, that I've just mentioned to you, will tell you this. Why won't they tell you this? And why hasn't it been told to you? Because they're getting paid. I'm not saying their motives are wrong, guys. We're all doing what we believe we're supposed to be doing. My question to you is, for all of the resources out there, for all of the research, for all of the books, for all of the sermons, for all of the workshops and seminars and retreats, for all of the counselors and therapists, why do you still believe you have a communication problem? All I'm saying to you is, if I was getting paid, I wouldn't necessarily want to stop getting paid. And so if you want to buy my stuff, I'm going to sell it to you. I don't think it's bad. But it ain't, it's not solving the problem. I don't think it's bad, but it's not solving the problem. The kingdom solves problems. Religion perpetuates problems because religion is self-serving. The kingdom is God-serving. And God has a vested interest in solving your problem in marriage, and it's not communication. Man, I so bad want to hear your voice, but I, I, this is the limitation of this phone. I so bad want to interact with you right now, and I can't. So let me just throw this one other thing before uh, out before I, I tell you what the number one problem and need husbands and wives have. Put your seatbelt on again. The Bible is not about communication. The Bible is not about communication. The Bible is not about communication. So why are we spending the majority of our time helping husbands and wives to communicate better if the Bible is not even focused on communication? God's goal is never just to send messages to us and get a message back from us. In Job 1, God communicated with Satan. 
They sent messages back and forth. Go read it. God is not connected with Satan. God is light, and in him there is no darkness. The room I went into, when we walked, the light walked in, the darkness walked out. Did the light and the dark communicate when, when Jesus and I walked in that room? Bet your bottom dollar they communicated. Light walked in, darkness walked out. Effective communication. Where light and darkness connected? Nope, severed. Severed. Darkness was severed from me at that moment. So communication happened. It was effective. Light came in. Darkness left. Truth comes in, lies have to leave. So you can be on speaking terms with someone and not connected. The Bible is not about connection, communication. The Bible is about connection from beginning to end. We had it. We lost it. Jesus got it back for us, and the Holy Spirit helps us to maintain it with the Father. You've got to change your thinking. You don't have a communication problem. If I had all of the money that you spent on your communication problems, man, I could be a millionaire a hundred times over. <laughs> I hope you'll go home and throw some of that communication stuff out. And I'm talking about from Christian authors. See, Communication emphasizes differences in how to come overcome your differences in marriage. You'll never become united by emphasizing your differences. You'll never become one by emphasizing your divisions. Religion is intent on keeping you divided, husband and wife. They do it by making communication a problem because of your differences. They do it by through rigidity of roles. Nothing wrong with roles. I have a whole piece on that. There's nothing wrong with roles and how you guys figure that out. And, and this isn't against hierarchy. But when there is a rigidity and an adherence and an enforcement and a penalty for not adhering to the religious model, you're not free. It's bondage. So the number one problem husbands and wives have today is connecting and remaining connected in an impermeable bond that will bring heaven to earth in every sphere of influence they have individually and collectively, because that's what God wanted. Jesus restored our connection. He didn't restore our communication. He restored our connection with God. Without connection, you can communicate. You can remain roommates for a long time. But unless you connect, at a level that is reproducible, you are limited in your ability as a couple to leverage things in this life for the kingdom. 
Jesus restored our connection to God with an impermeable bond between God and mankind facilitated through the Holy Spirit. And we have that spirit of connection in us. And so I just, man, it's just, uh, I I almost kind of want to pause here. I wish I could have a, a pause moment with you and just to see your faces and to to, to experience what you're experiencing on the other line. And because I can't see you, I must trust that God is in you speaking truth and setting you free in your thinking that he would deliver you from this idea that you have communication problems, and that is your biggest need in marriage. I hope you never go to another communication seminar because you will be disappointed. You'll get some great tools. Don't get me wrong. Some great stuff out there. But communication, there's, in the kingdom, there are no communication problems. In the kingdom, when you're truly operating in the kingdom with a kingdom mindset and you are relating to one another as kingdom citizens, please understand, there is no communication problem in the kingdom. What God is establishing in the kingdom right now and building in the kingdom are connections. And connection begins with husband and wife. Our nation right now is riding on the divine reset of marriage because marriage is the smallest uh, unity of two fully functioning independent units. They are the smallest two units that can form a unity. And in this nation right now, more than ever, and in the church, We need unity like never before, and I'm telling you, it rests on the shoulders of husbands and wives, and if we keep teaching communication versus connection, we will continue to have what we have, and we'll keep having these humdum marriages that we feel trapped in and have to go to work, find other people to massage our, our, to, to, to get our needs met, and I'm not even talking about sinfully. I mean, work's not a sin. Talking to friends is not a sin. But if, if it's not happening, if you're not able to cultivate that in your marriage, something is wrong if you're not able to cultivate that level of connection in your marriage. So the solution to most marital problems is establishing a spiritual, mental, and emotional connection that is based on kingdom principles and not religion. Religion will keep you divided and focused on performing your gender differences, your gender needs, and your gender roles. And as long as you're performing your differences, you are not united. As long as your gender differences, as long as what divides you is the focus of the intervention, as long as what divides you is the focus of the narrative, you will not be able to experience the unity that the kingdom is calling and summoning you to and divinely, supernaturally wanting to bring you into. The kingdom keeps you united and focused on being who each one is 
and working through the resource of gender. You are a spirit being. First and foremost, you are a speaking spirit. You have a kingdom language. There is a kingdom protocol. There are kingdom responsibilities. And when we tap into that, we become these speaking kingdom spirits that now have a body or a humanity, a human being or a body that is male or female, and we conduct kingdom business as spirit beings, as speaking spirits through the gender of male or female who happen to be husbands and wives. I think Amy asked asked me a question. So before I give you these three tools, because, I mean, I I could go on, but you really need to listen to this again. Let it sink in. Ask God if what you heard tonight is true. Because if it's true, and I believe it is true, and I've seen the change, in couples' lives, I've seen the change in husbands and wives when they shift their thinking, when they reform their thinking. When I see it happening and it manifesting and it's the result of a change in thinking, then the proof is in the fruit. But God will confirm his word to you. And that's what I want him to do. Don't take my word for it. I tell you all the time, whatever I tell you here, go you ask God about it. Get in your word. And if you find something contrary to what I'm saying, you better go with what you believe the word is saying to you because that's what God will ask you about. Now, I'm going to continue to teach, preach, and declare what God has told me to do because that's what he's going to ask me about. But I want you to go and ask God about these things yourself. I promised you three tools to immediately get heard in marriage to improve the ability to be understood by your spouse. And I'm not going to explain these or unpack these here. Um, Next week we'll go uh, more into connection and what that looks like. And, you know, what do you mean when you're talking about that? We'll unpack that a little bit further and give you some handles on what I'm talking about. Today it was important for, for you to understand that, uh, and the word that comes to me, you, you've been part of a conspiracy. You have co-signed with a lie. And you get to decide if you're going to continue to co-sign with that lie and perpetuate a conspiracy um, that is just promoted by this religious spirit or are you going to step into the side of the kingdom and begin to operate as a speaking spirit, a kingdom citizen who is a husband and who is a wife, and see what God will do for you. So we'll do that next week. But let me give you three quick tools. First thing you need to do is repent and renounce your participation with the religious spirit in marriage. Second, you know, when, you, when, when, I, when I think about that, you know, your spouse is tired of you espousing a religion that has not changed your life. Religion does not change your life. Religion will never change your life. Religion, you will perform a, a you, 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 you'll, you'll, um, you'll perform a, a role. You'll perform your role. You'll do your duty. You, you ever see husbands and wives that, that are dutiful? They're, they're dutiful. I mean, they're nice. They're dutiful but they lack power, they lack authority, they're not taking territory for the kingdom, they're not influencing anything beyond themselves. They're dutiful. That's what religion wants. It just wants you to 
be religious. Your spouse. And, and so religion doesn't change anything. So when you're just quoting scriptures and praying, but you're in this religious mindset of, of this hogwash, your spouse is tired of it. Just stop it. Stop hiding, which brings me to number two. Second thing you can do is show up and stop pretending. See, religion is a pretense. It's an imitation of the kingdom. It's man-made. So, you know, we're talking about the coronavirus, and and many believe, and I also believe that it's a man-made virus. It was made in the laboratory. Well, communication is a man-made problem that was made in the researcher's laboratory, written up and sold to you, that you and I bought hook, line, and sinker. Time to return it to sender. Show up and stop pretending. God does not connect with the fake you. That's why sometimes our prayers aren't heard for the many asking because it's a pretense. It's a pretense. It's a word that we're praying or a word that we're declaring, but it has not pierced our own heart. The word, the, the word, the Bible says the word of God is a two-edged. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. I always ask God, why is it two-edged? He said because it's designed to cut you first. See, when the word cuts you, you'll be careful about how you swing the sword. I find people that are reckless with the word of God have never been cut by the word of God. And so you and I have to come to a place where we show up and stop pretending and allow the word to work in us versus us trying to work the word. So if God doesn't connect with your fake you, then why would your spouse, or why would God even want your spouse to connect with the fake you? So show up and stop pretending. Be honest. Be vulnerable. Listen, I can listen to a person, and most of the times I can tell you whether they're talking to me from their head or from their heart. And I've learned that if I'm talking to somebody's head, then I will soon be quiet. If I'm talking to somebody's heart, then that I want to stay there. Why? Because that's the greatest opportunity for long-term change. The problem today is most husbands and wives don't know how to speak to the heart. Most Christians don't know how to speak to the heart of a person. In order to speak to the heart, you've got to be able to diagnose a heart. And you can't diagnose a heart unless you allow God to examine your own heart. So show up. Stop pretending. Stop faking it. Be honest. Be vulnerable. I'm hurt. You hurt me. Or when you did that, it hurt me. Don't make them responsible for your healing. Just let them know, hey, when you said that, it really hurt my feelings. Be honest. And don't make them pay for your pain. Your spouse knows when you're talking to them from the head of the heart. You can tell when your spouse starts speaking, whether it's the head or the heart. And most of you have learned how to tune each other out when it's the head. And most of you have become so accustomed to hearing the head that when the heart is actually speaking, you just like miss it completely because you're so used to hearing your spouse's head. You start hearing your spouse's heart, OMG. Start speaking from your heart. You can when when you're honest with yourself, honest with God, and you're willing to be vulnerable. You can speak from the heart. The most successful people, well, I can't really even say that. Let me just say that. Start speaking from your heart because there's some evil, successful people. (laughs) And then number three, 
stop blaming your spouse for your dissatisfaction in marriage. Stop blaming your spouse for feeling trapped. The one that wants the change in the marriage the most gets the privilege of paying for it. He said again, the one that wants to see change most in the marriage, the one that God gives the desire to do what pleases him, that is, he always wants your relationship to be the best that it can be. He's always going to be nudging and encouraging and giving you a desire to do what is right, what pleases him, because what pleases him will bring better relationship in your marriage. It has the greatest possibility of bringing better relationship. And I say that because your spouse does factor in, and he, you know, he or she can yay or nay. And um, but what pleases the Lord has the greatest opportunity to bring peace, love, and relationship in your marriage. But the one who gets the bill is that God presents the bill to the one who sees the need and has a desire. He gives a desire to answer it. So stop blaming your spouse, saying, well, if my spouse did this, then we would be all right. No, you wouldn't. I've talked to too many divorced couples. I know my own story, that they're still having the same problems after divorce that they had before divorce. Because it's not that they don't have a problem. It's just that their spouse really wasn't their problem. So stop blaming. I say it before, blame is a luxury that no true kingdom citizen can afford. So those are three real quick things you can do. Repent and renounce your participation with the religious spirit in marriage. If you don't know what that is, this is a great place to start. Communication is the tool of a religious spirit in marriage. Two, show up and stop pretending. Be honest. Be vulnerable. Speak from your heart. And three, stop blaming your spouse for your dissatisfaction in marriage. Your marriage does have challenges. Every one of them does. And your, but your biggest challenge, your biggest need is not if you and your spouse could communicate better. You're sending messages back and forth well. Listen, you wouldn't be able to argue unless you understood each other and you just like your position better than your spouse's. So you have to own your dissatisfaction in marriage. You have to own that you're unhappy. You have to own that you don't like it. You have to own that you feel trapped. And when you're ready to do that, then let's talk. Love to coach you. Love to take the next steps with you. But we, people of God, must become kingdom-minded. And it begins with recognizing there are no communication problems in the kingdom. There are only connection problems. And God is about improving our ability to connect with him, with, each, with, with, each, with ourselves, and with each other. That's what the kingdom is about. Everything God did was to connect with us. If he was just interested in communication, we wouldn't need a new we wouldn't need a new testament. Why? Because we can keep doing animal sacrifices. God could tell us the sacrifice, and we can give the sacrifice, and bam, we're 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 communicating. The New Testament is about connection, not communication. So get that out of your head, Father. In Jesus' name, I thank you tonight for who you are. I thank you for the audacity of faith tonight to declare. And bring down, God, the lie that husbands and wives have communication problems across the board. I declare in the name of Jesus 
that the sword of the Spirit, which is your word, God, and your truth would bring this stronghold down now in Jesus' name. I take your sword of the Spirit and I sever the head of the religious spirit in marriage. I declare now in Jesus' name that husbands and wives would be delivered from the belief that they have communication problems. I decree and declare that you are helping now through your Holy Spirit and a supernatural divine reset that husbands and wives will become focused on the need for greater connection, more intimate connection, God. Create an impermeable bond between them, God. Strengthen them on their inner man, God that you might dwell in their hearts by faith, even through your Holy Spirit. Pour out your Holy Spirit again in their hearts, O oh God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you tonight, God, that husbands and wives are being rooted and grounded in love like never before, God, that they might be able to comprehend and connect around the depth, the length, the height, and the breadth of the love of God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you tonight that husbands and wives are kingdom citizens first. They are speaking spirits that are housed in a human body called male or female. And Father God, I pray God tonight that every kingdom citizen would learn and train, Lord, to how to exercise all of the rights and responsibilities and privileges as kingdom citizens in their marriage, God. I pray, God, that the spirit of acceptance and affirmation, God, and confirmation, God, would flood the homes and hearts of husbands and wives again, God, that you would give husbands and wives the supernatural ability to see like never before, God. Lord, to see and to affirm, God, I pray and I thank you for the divine reset that we have been declaring on this line, God, that you would supernaturally, God, reset, recharge, re-engage husbands and wives around kingdom principles, God. I thank you and I praise you, God, that this thing would mushroom all over this nation, God, that the church would be changed, God, in Jesus' name. I thank you that you're restoring church to the body of Christ, God. I thank you for continued fresh revelation, fresh downloads, God, and opportunities, God, to learn and grow, God, in kingdom connection in marriage, God. I thank you and I praise you, Father God, that you would open the eyes of your people, lift the scales, God, pull back the foreskin of their hearts, oh God. Take out the stony hearts and replace them with fleshly hearts, God. We pull down the spirit of pride, God, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you and replace it with the spirit of humility, God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, God, and we condemn lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes tonight, oh God. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over pride, lust of the flesh, and lust of the eyes. For you said these are all the only things in the world, God. Lord, in Jesus' name, we plead and we decree that you have been defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you tonight, God, in Jesus' name, that you would give husbands and wives a distaste, a distaste, a bitter taste in their mouth, God, at the thought of adultery, at the thought of pornography, God, that you would make for yourself a holy people, even
tonight, God. Lord, I expect testimonies because your word does not go out void, but it accomplishes what you set it out to accomplish and prosper into every husband and wife that it is set tonight, God. I pray for those that are hearing now and those that will hear by replay, God, that the spirit of God would rise in them, O oh God, that, that you would be in them more than a conqueror and who that you who have created them. I declare that tonight in husbands and wives, that greater are you than he that is in the world, God, that their desire for connection would rise and swell within them, God. And, Lord, I thank you that it would drive out this idea and this belief that they have communication problems. Now seal this word by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I would ask you likely this. If you have received this word tonight, whenever the word of God goes forth, there's always a corresponding action, a prophetic act. And so if you receive this word, not whether you have to go pray about it, ask God about it, but if you receive this word, the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. If you heard the voice of the Lord tonight and the words that were spoken, then after we get off the call, I want you to go take communion together with your spouse. And here's how I want you to do it. I want the husband to pray for the body and receive the body. Pray over the body. Bless the body and give it to your wife. And wife, take, eat all of it. And then wife, I want you to take the cup of the blood. And I want you to bless it. Pray over it and give it to your husband first and then to yourself. And in this way, take communion. And you can because you are speaking spirits, kingdom citizens with all of the rights and privileges and responsibilities of kings and priests, according to Revelation 1.5. Take communion if you heard the voice of the Lord tonight. And if you do that, please, if you're on Facebook, please let me know. Kim, we took communion tonight. We heard the voice of the Lord and we took communion I want you to do that. I need you to do that. That would bless me tonight because I can't see you. I, I can only sense you, but I can't see you tonight. So go to my Facebook page, Kim Moore, and leave me a comment under the video that I put up there today. I heard the voice of the Lord. We took communion tonight. I don't care if you're angry or upset with each other. You're in a moment of divine reset. And one thing God taught me is this. When the moment appears, you must meet the moment if you want the blessing. So I leave you with this. Meet the moment tonight if you heard the voice of the Lord. And if your spouse won't take communion with you, if they won't take communion with you, that's okay. Take communion for you and for him, or for you and for her. Don't force it. Nothing in the kingdom. God doesn't force it. Gentle, gentle. Just ask. Just ask and be okay with whatever answer you receive. Your spouse may not be in a place to do it, but you heard, so you do it. And then if you want to hear this replay, you can do that one of two ways. 
In a few, in about an hour, it'll be up on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. In the search bar, if you don't have, in the search bar of that app, you just put in marriage reform with forward slash Kim Moore, and this will come up. It'll be number 96. You can look for that in an hour. If you don't want to go through that or do that, and you just want to hop back on five minutes and listen to it, uh, then dial 605-475-4980. Enter 341-000-POUND. And the reference code is 96-POUND. One other thing you can do for me. Again, go to my Facebook page. I heard the Lord. I heard the voice of God. And I took communion. Or we took communion. And then share this with somebody. Help me. Help us set others free to do the will of God through marriage. A connected people won't divorce. So I pray you'll help me. Amy, I don't know if I missed anything. I saw a text. Did I cover what you were asking? I guess you're still on. You sure did. You you covered it all. We're good. (laughs) We're good? All right. Well, if you have questions, you can always reach out to me, Kim, at More on Relationships. I love you guys. Thank you so much for staying on and sharing your evening with us. I bless you. In the name of Jesus, have a great evening. Good night.